0: On the Grindhouse Girls podcast, we discuss all things spoopy, scary, and strange. Some content may be disturbing or graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, Grindhouse Girls friends and fam. Picture. The year is 1953. An actress reads a novel, and then she brings that same novel to the attention of her husband, a very well-known French director. The director spends the whole night reading it, and the very next morning decides to option the rights to make it into a film. Allegedly, in doing so, he would beat out Alfred Hitchcock
1: mm-hmm, Hitchcock, for the same
0: rights by mere hours.
1: The movie would go on to become the Diabolique are also known in his home country as Les Diaboliques. It would bring acclaim to director Henri Georges Cousseau um, and be considered one of the greatest and most influential films to come out of the 1950s. It would even go on to inspire countless films and directors from the likes of Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho to even director and writer M. Night Shyamalan and his mini twists. So don't fill up that bathwater just yet and stay away from the dry cleaners. This is the Grindhouse Girls Podcast. Hey, this is Katie. Hi, I'm Brittany.
0: And this week we're doing Diabolique. Or Le Le Diabolique. Or any, yeah, it's a movie. (laughs) It's French.
1: (laughs) For the way (laughs) I was saying it, I was like, Diabolique. And Katie's like, well, technically it's French, so <laughs> Okay, and I will say I watched
0: a commentary by I think her name is Kelly Conway, and she was a French film historian on Criterion. So I'm I'm pronouncing it how she was pronouncing it, so I could be wrong too. But we beg your forgiveness the second week of the row in a row French speakers but yes french films are awesome and this one also has a 96 percent on rotten tomatoes i saw right before we went on i was like hey french movies mm-hmm. getting it done um so how are you brett what's up
1: i'm okay i'm okay i've been keeping very very busy i i don't mean you're talking about it but we did two photo shoots this past weekend i mm-hmm. uh, did a lot of things with friends it's like we're, we're gearing up. We're going into the holidays. As, as I always say, it feels like October, November, and December are like the busiest months of the year consistently this yes, <laughs> year. Yes, I What about you? I'm
0: good. I'm a little tired. Uh, I actually saw my best friend Aww. and my sister all on the same weekend. I brought Gizmo. He finally met my sister's dog and her fiance's son, who has been begging me to come bring him ever since he saw a picture of Gizmo. So, um, they are now best friends, all three of them. It was really cute, and, Aww. um, it was just a lot of driving, and because the weather keeps changing, my tire pressure gauge kept going off, and I thought, like, my tire was gonna bust it on the way back, and I was like, oh my god, I called my parents, I was like, if I break down, this is why, so just so y'all know, but it was fine, and Gizmo actually, uh, poor little guy got a little sick on the way up, but he just nervous- drooled the rest of the way back down which was fine he just got a lovely bath when we got home um which he hated but he was fine um so he can now travel in the car which i'm very proud of him for but uh i guess uh i don't have a lot of housekeeping except that i'm sorry if i mispronounced anything in french also i sounded a little pretentious so sorry also raw is a little long the episode is like two hours But literally, we talked about that maybe for an hour, and I cut stuff out. I cut 45 minutes out of it, so it is a little long. I think, you know what, you can just listen to it in parts, I feel like. You can save the rest for later, but I know some people will be happy, some people will not be happy. Um, I do want to say, it's Britt's mom's birthday this week. Happy birthday, Britt's mom. Thank
1: you. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, her birthday is officially tomorrow. And I usually do this thing where, uh, with members of my family, I try to, at midnight, always wish them a happy birthday at midnight. So, Aww. I'm gearing up. Yeah, I'm gearing up. So, even if I fall asleep, I may be like, I'm going to be falling asleep, but let me set an alarm so I can wake up at midnight It's like Gilmore wish her Girls. Happy birthday.
0: Oh, you haven't seen Gilmore Girls. I hasn't uh-uh. seen Gilmore Girls. It's a whole birthday thing. Lorelei oh, wakes, really? Uh, Lorelei wakes Rory up the... the t- time of her birth every birthday and she tells Aww. her the story of her birth and it's very funny oh so that's sweet it's very sweet it's but, a great show um yeah so moving on to things we watched guess what i watched this weekend with my best friend kat a, ver- a very bad movie uh yeah okay so we went and saw halloween kills in theaters yeah. um we were there were only like three other people there i will say okay so, it was a matinee, so I only paid five fifty a ticket. Nice. So, it, I didn't feel that bad about seeing it. Um, I liked the first, like, 20, 30 minutes. I was feeling it. I was like, oh, okay, okay. And then, once... Okay, spoilers for Halloween Kills, because now we've both seen it, and people have been asking. And we're not going to do an episode on it, because it wasn't good enough to do an episode on. Um, once the car full of people driven by the nurse once that sequence happened it was just relentless killing and it wasn't fun
1: yeah did the did the over the overkilling i think that's the thing that bothered me possibly the most in this movie i don't
0: even know if like it's not that the kills weren't interesting but it wasn't fun and not that the original halloween is fun but like he kills like four people three people three or four people yeah um and it's more of the suspense and the build-up of it that makes it interesting and so to me i was like i just it wasn't fun i do think kyle richards which i'm not a big real housewives fan but my best friend kat does watch the real housewives and she's not her favorite housewife by any means I've heard she's got some problematic stuff. Uh, I don't watch it, but this is the gossip I hear. But, like, she actually did an okay job. Anthony Michael Hall's character was very annoying. Like, and I, like, literally, the town of Haddonfield's new sign needs to be, Welcome to Haddonfield, home of the angry mob. Evil dies tonight. That needs to be their new catchphrase. Because, like, I just... I don't know. Um, But yeah, I didn't like that the whole town was just an angry mob. I like uh, Judy Greer. She's always great. Um, I was confused why she was in a Christmas sweater the whole time. I'm sure. Oh, was it
1: in the first movie? Because you know I'm what, sure. Actually, I haven't funny. seen the
0: first movie, so. Our
1: friend Steph, because I think I asked this same thing, and I was watching it with our friend Stephanie on Halloween, and she goes, remember in the first movie she said she hated Halloween, so she was going to pretend like it's Christmas instead. I was oh. like, I completely forgot about that. So Kat completely. and I
0: both had not seen the first one, so oh. uh, we were both just like, what is this <laughs> Which, I don't think you had to, honestly, because they recapped everything for us. Um, I didn't know Jim Cummings was in this movie.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, hey, and Jim J- Cummings, playing a cop Taylor, again. Taylor even said, he's like, do you think the Wolf of Snow Hollow, like, helped him reach, like, Landis row? I was like, that's a great question. I'm, I'm pretty sure. sure. His
0: new movie, The Beta Test, was coming to our local art house theater, but it's, I think it's only this weekend. And I don't think I'm going to be able to go, which I guess I'm going to have to wait for it to stream. But it looks like a horror, so we might be able to do that one on the pod. But, um, yeah, it was not good. I will say I laughed at it a lot. Um, I felt a little rude because we were in a theater. But it was really (laughs) – every time they said Evil Dies Tonight, I was just like, y'all shut up.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's what Stephanie said. She was like, as soon as they start with the mob mentality, I started to check out. Like, you know a movie's bad. I'm. You can ask Katie. Um, I get really, especially if it's the first time I'm watching a movie, I have to pay attention because I'm mm-hmm. so scared. Because I, I'm hard of hearing. I'm like, I'm going to miss a line of dialogue if I'm not paying attention. Um, I literally talked for that movie because people kept <laughs> oh, that's saying weird. things.
0: That's yeah, weird I for talked for
1: that movie. Yeah, and oh. I still didn't miss anything. <laughs> Yeah. that's saying something that's said, like yeah i don't know a lot of just like useless
0: killing like i just like i just didn't like it and i didn't like it and then i saw danny mcbride as one of the writers and i was like oh and david gordon green was a director on a lot of danny mcbride tv shows that's i think how they got together so yeah i think that i've heard the the original the 2018 one is a much better film this was stupid and the thing is i like halloween too and this was not good and i i'm very confused which spoilers the end they kill him and then he comes back to life so is it a
1: supernatural thing now yeah, you never know what Michael, what direction they're. In. I thought they were with the first one, the first one in this trilogy, especially. Um, I thought they were like handling, like leaning towards more of a realistic approach. But That's yeah, what it's I thought like,
0: too. And then all of a sudden, yeah. he like kills everybody who just killed him, and I'm like, what yeah. is happening, please? I don't. Yeah, know. and well, then like they have this whole rhetoric about he's just a man. Who is following directions? Because his crazy doctor in the first movie set him towards this path. So then, why is he being so vengeful? So why did you say that? It it just seems like they don't really know what they're doing.
1: Yeah. So I don't think they need him. I didn't. I mm, yeah. It felt like a cash grab. There's one more, and that's the thing. It ends. I thought the ending was kind of predictable too. Like I thought it was. So is
0: Judy Greer's character dead, or is she going to be okay?
1: I I don't want to watch
0: a third one without her. She was the only redeeming character in the whole movie. Like honestly, Laurie Strode just sat in a hospital bed the whole time. How about like I did like
1: the Ben Tramer reference though. How about also too with her granddaughter? Her granddaughter's boyfriend is literally in this new season of You as like a main I saw character. that. I saw that and on I his kept credits. Saying, I kept saying, Theo, what are you doing, Theo? And that's not his name <laughs> in Halloween at all, so, but I only remember no. him as Theo and you now, so. Also, did you notice the guy who played adult Lonnie
0: is, uh, from all the Mike Flanagan movies? It's the, it's the guy with the dog from Midnight Mass. Oh, yeah. And the, the groundskeeper from Haunting of Hill House.
1: You're right, you're right. I was like, why I... is his
0: voice so familiar? And by the way, if you were wondering why Anthony Michael Hall was playing Tommy Doyle, because I was curious, too, because so there was the original kid, and they got Kyle Richards to come back and play her original part from the first movie, and I was like, why didn't they ask the original actor? Well, apparently he's been retired for years. But then Paul oh. Rudd played Tommy Doyle in, like, Halloween 5 or 6, and it was really bad. It was the one with the cult and the baby. Yes! But, um. I they did ask Paul Rudd, and he couldn't because of the filming schedule for Ghostbusters Afterlife. So I was wow. like, I feel like this movie would have been salvageable had Paul Rudd been Anthony Michael Hall's character because I feel like he's a better actor. Yeah. And he's charming. So, but also he's not the same age, or he doesn't look the same age as Kyle Richards.
1: Because he doesn't age. He's immortal. Yeah, but he's immortal. Yeah.
0: He is Cthulhu. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but um this not age I don't, know. Oh, I don't know um so <laughs> something else ones. i watched uh was i finally watched the jinx documentary uh since robert durst has been convicted of one murder and he's been uh he's now getting charged with the murder of his wife finally so Oof. that's a rough one to go through um, but it's very interesting. And, uh, I will say it's interesting, though, that they,
1: they, so there's
0: this, have you seen it?
1: I haven't. I've heard of it, and I've heard the thing that happens at the end of it, because yeah, I was reading, so like, this list of things. Yeah, they edited
0: it, and they changed, they didn't change what he said, they changed the order in which he said it, so it sounds more dramatic. But in court, they played it the way he actually said it. It's still pretty, he still said, what did I do, I killed them all. Like, it was just in a slightly different order. I'm, like, saying I killed them all, of course, is pretty freaking weird. He also just seems like a fucking sociopath. Also reminded me of some men I have dated. Because he was like, I didn't want kids. I made her get an abortion. I was like, oh, Like, he wouldn't go, like, meet her family and stuff. And I was like, yeah. By the way, that's a warning sign. If they don't want to, like, hang out with your family... Unless your family is literally the family from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, there's something wrong if they don't want to spend time with your family. Like, on holidays. They don't have to be best friends. But, like, there's something weird when your significant other is like, I don't want to hang out with your family. It's like, well, you married me. You got to deal with my family.
1: Pretty much, yeah. yeah.
0: But that was an interesting one. Did you watch anything else now that we've destroyed Halloween Kills? We've killed it
1: yes we killed it halloween but it's not ended we killed it it just has to end end. so um you know i usually watch my uh dancing with the star episode with my mom every week so that's a thing me and her always do together and uh it's really funny you can tell like i'm a theater kid because i almost always call the ratings the judges are going to give them before (laughs) before it even happens so um that's that was it and then Also, I don't know if you guys have these shows that you're like, why the hell am I still watching this show? It's so stupid. Um, Big Mouth is one of those shows for me. It just premiered its fifth season. I just watched the first episode. I haven't been able to get through uh, any of the other episodes of the season. It is so unbelievably vulgar. I think it's probably the most vulgar TV show I've ever watched yet. I still watch it. I don't know why. Maybe it's because...
0: Yeah. yeah. I liked it, but... And I'll just leave it at this because I don't want to get too far into it, but... I, I, John Mullady has made me feel uncomfortable watching his content now with his personal life. So I probably won't watch it for a little while. But I liked the first two seasons, but it is very vulgar.
1: Maya Rudolph as Connie is my favorite, though. I love Connie. So (laughs) I do really like her.
0: She's great. Jason Manzukas is so funny, too. Mm -hmm. He
1: plays the kid that had the pillow baby. Yes. And also, um, Fucking is it The coach maybe? No. Is it Jor- Jordan it Jordan Jordan Pill plays the the ghost of um Oh yeah, one, I can The can't one that lives in nick's av- attic. It's the ghost yeah. it's like a composer, it's a pianist. I forgot. Jordan feels big mouth character. Be, damn it, Duke Ellington. Oh my man. god. Yes. So so stupid but so funny.
0: Well, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll watch it. We'll see how I feel in a few months. <laughs> I haven't watched the the third season or the fourth season, so I kind of forgot about it. But I really like the first two seasons. Um, so I guess we need to get into Diabolique.
1: Diabolique. Yes.
0: Diabolique. Uh, now that yes. we've talked for a while, um, did you want to? I think you should start because you picked this movie.
1: Yeah. So, um, I can give a little bit, and Katie, you can always like cut in a little bit too if you have something to riff off of me about so we do once again know it's directed by Henri george's george's Clouzot, uh who was also really known for directing the wages of fear as well this movie the, mm-hmm. dr- the wages of fear came out a couple of years before but both of these movies kind of put him on the map he is a yeah. very very interesting person so um he is. He, yeah, he was fired from the UFA studio in Nazi Germany because he w- he had friendships with Jewish producers, so then, like, so they fired yeah. him. Which, did and you know what lay- he was
0: doing there?
1: Uh-uh. uh This
0: was interesting. So, apparently, way back when, they used to, in the studio he worked with, they would film a movie in the national language, whatever country it was, and then they would use the same set, but recast it with actors who spoke French or English or Spanish and basically refilmed the entire movie in a different language. Wow. So that's what he was doing. He was filming French-language versions of German films. And, oh, okay. Um, he had a bout with tuberculosis when he was there, too. But then, yeah. like, yeah, when he, when you know, the Nazis were being assholes, they were like, oh, you're friends with Jewish directors? Fuck off. Which sucks, but also it's probably good he wasn't, he had to move to Paris. Or not. Yeah. I don't know, because then they did take over Paris. So, uh oh, just all all around bad times for everything.
1: Yeah. And he did and keep it, working
0: in Paris. He did.
1: Well, he did. He had a second film called Les Corbus, Corbus uh, and it proved very controversial because he kind of took some jabs at the French government and they are like, no, you don't do that. And so they actually mm-hmm. banned him from filmmaking for two years, So, which is kind of funny to be like, slap him on the wrist and say, you can't do films for two years. Um, but bad, bad director, like, he, bad, bad. You don't call out the French government like that. What are you doing? Um, which is but... <laughs> funny because, like,
0: for my research, he wasn't a super political filmmaker, he mm-hmm. more just liked to point out the darkness, like, he liked dark comedy, and so he has this very, like, dark version of French culture. But, like, he wasn't trying to, like, make a statement with most of his movies. He really wanted to be an entertainer first and foremost. So, like, he may have mentioned something political, but it wasn't like he was trying to make a statement from the research I did um, from the French, histori- French film historians I listened to. I was like, oh, okay. Which is interesting that he yeah. just still ended up making a political statement, even though he wasn't trying to.
1: Yeah. It's a, well, I think it was like one of those things he was kind of, it wasn't like a straight on middle finger to them as much as it's like uh, things could be a little bit better around here um, but yeah he kept yeah. doing his thing and so he contributed to at least 30 films as either a writer, director, producer all three um, mm-hmm. as we mentioned earlier Alfred Hitchcock desperately wanted the screenplay rights for uh, yes. Diaboliques but uh, he stole it out from under him and um, he
0: also qui n'est plus She Who Was No More by Pierre Bully, Bully? Bully? Mm-hmm. and the writing duo. Tomas Narcidja- I don't know Narcidja- I've never. I didn't hear his pronounce. But yeah, she who was no more was the original thing. But it's so cool that like he. So he got the rights, and Alfred Hitchcock was pissed. But yeah, Blake isn't it Blake who wrote Psycho?
1: Oh, uh, Robert Block.
0: Block they, I was yes. like Robert Blake. That's nope. That's that's yeah. a poet. Block. Mm -hmm. saw Diabolique, and it inspired him to write the novel Psycho. And then Alfred Hitchcock ended up making the movie Psycho. And then the same writing team wrote a book basically for Alfred Hitchcock, and that turned into, um, oh shit, which one was it? Virgo. Virgo, thank you. Mm -hmm. The really long one. I thought that was interesting. It's a nice little circular thing, like, Hitchcock was probably like so disappointed that he couldn't make this movie and then it ended up like oh and also the movie's interesting because there's a lot of similarities which I won't go into because it would spoil the end of this movie but there are a lot of similarities between Psycho and this movie and you can very clearly see how this movie influenced not just Psycho but like uh, like there are movies like like even Fatal Attraction um, was partially inspired by this like there's so many movies that are inspired by this movie um that like now we think are cliches but like this one and it wasn't even that he was like a he wasn't like a risk taker he just yeah. like was a really good filmmaker and took from other filmmakers he's kind of like tarantino like he sees what works and he combines them into really good movies and he was a solid filmmaker
1: yeah so, and i thought that was interesting it is interesting. Fun fact for you too: did you know the duo um, who wrote the book, and of course, like you said, they wrote the book, I'd Live in the Dead, which served as the basis for Vertigo, but together they mm-hmm. also helped wrote the screenplay for Eyes Without a Face. Yeah, which is on our list, which is yeah. on
0: Criterion, and I think on HBO Max right now, and I've heard it's oh. very good.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: eventually I think we'll probably do that one too.
1: Yeah, but there is some difference, and uh, me and KD agreed we're going to talk about some of the book differences yeah. from the movie's difference, because there is a, there's a plot difference, but it follows very similar yes. plots, the novel and the movie. Um, yeah. So, which yeah, I haven't and...
0: gotten to read it. I did, we, we're doing a shorter week because of life stuff going on, so I didn't have time to read the book, but I did, I did watch commentary on the movie, which gave me a lot of insight, so that was cool. Um... I feel like... okay. I, oh, we should mention the, the
1: screenplay. About. Yes. Oh, the, you can talk about who wrote the screenplay. Clouseau and his brother, Jean? Yeah, because his brother yeah. doesn't ever get credit.
0: Yeah, so his brother, Jean, who wrote under a pseudonym, um, helped Clouseau adapt it. And also, by the way, uh, Simone Sunoré, who plays Nicole, um, She won an Academy Award later, but uh, Clouseau insisted that because she knew the ending before they started filming, um, she was playing her part incorrectly. Which doesn't make a whole lot of sense once we get to the end of the movie, but you'll see why. Um, And she also signed a contract for eight weeks specifically um, to be paid for eight weeks, whether or not scheduling went over or not. And she was supposed to be in another play after the eight weeks filming schedule was done, well, it went twice as long as scheduled. So basically, she was filming all day, she'd go to sleep for two hours, then immediately go to play rehearsal, and then sleep for, like, another couple of hours, and then go back to filming every day. Which seems insane for this movie. Yeah. Um, And so by the end of the movie, she and the Clouseaus were... Because Vera Clouseau was the other lead character who is uh, Henri's wife um mm-hmm. they were not on speaking terms which is sad because they were friends beforehand um yeah and also uh Diabolique was not the original title it was originally called the widows but it wasn't marketable enough so Diaboliques means the devils which yes. is more
1: scandalous so and another thing to note too um is that Vera cool who plays christina the other lead actress yes. in this movie so, as we know, she was Klusalt's wife, the director's wife, and she actually mm-hmm. died just five years after this film came out. Yeah, She was very 46. young, and she died of a heart attack. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's kind of scary how it mirrors her character's heart. Defect. Yeah. I that was going to save it yeah. for the
0: end, but yeah. like oh, okay. Her well, character no also... No, no, this is no like, spoilers. No spoilers. No yeah. spoilers. But her character also has a heart condition, which I'm not yeah. sure. I don't think that's in the book. So, I... And, Also, I don't know about this in the book, but in the movie, her character is a Venezuelan immigrant to France, but she's a Brazilian immigrant to France, because she was born in Brazil. So I don't know if they wrote that in to be much like herself, because he loved Vera. He named his production company after Vera, and he was, Henri was, Clouseau was, completely heartbroken when she died she had written uh his film la verite with him and they had just finished production on that she wasn't in it but she had written it when she died and he like left the country and lived in fiji for like a year because he was like so distraught he didn't want to be near anybody it just seemed like he loved vera and you know a lot of people said she wasn't as experienced as the other actors because she only was able to act in three big movies because yeah. she died at such a young age and the Diab that diabolique was like you know just five years before she passed away but i think she's an incredible actress in this movie i think she, she a really is good
1: so job. good yeah. yeah one
0: is bad in this movie um no there's not there's no Razzie awards for this one but um it's interesting I, and uh we'll get more into it but yeah it's a very interesting movie and yeah I think he put a lot of himself into this because there are things about the book that um certain Rules in the movie industry at this time wouldn't let them include no spoilers. I'm just saying they wouldn't let them include. So, the novelists who wrote the book this did this movie kind of skyrocketed them to fame, and they were like known for writing thrillers. But because so much of the script was different from the novel, they kind of felt like very honored, but also kind of taken advantage of, they felt a little betrayed. Which I get. I think a lot of like Stephen King's famous for like feeling that way about you know The Shining. He's like honored, but also that's not my book. Okay, well, I guess with that, Britt, I guess we need to actually move on to synopsis and stuff. Okay, this yeah, we had a lot of interesting backstory.
1: Yeah, it did. It did for sure. But yeah, I do have a synopsis. Uh, once again, Yay. we are talking about uh, the Abolique. It is on HBO Max and Criterion Channel. I watched it on HBO Max. Katie watched it on Criterion. So you can watch yes. it on either service. Um, the audio but, was
0: weird on my HBO Max, but fine on Brit. So. Oh. Yeah.
1: We never know with these type of things. But um, when a cruel headmaster's meek wife and his headstrong mistress both have enough of his abuse, they hatch a, reven- a revenge plot to end both of their suffering. While plans seem to go why things seem to go as planned at first, the women start to become unhinged as a series of unexplained occurrences start to happen. Da,
0: da, da. Yeah. Or ooh I don't ooh. know which noise is appropriate. So I guess I guess we're gonna get into spoilers. Which yes. is very important because this movie specifically has a title card at the end of the movie. Don't be a devil, don't spoil this movie. So, this, don't spoil this movie for yourself before you watch it.
1: No. Definitely do not. Do not. And a lot of reviews do that. So, don't look up a lot of reviews about this movie. Because they love to do that yeah. too in reviews. It drives me crazy. Yeah. Um, Which I guess but, we're saying we recommend this movie, right? Yeah. I would say we recommend this movie. It's definitely a classic. Um, I think it's a movie definitely worth seeing um Mm -hmm. i'll get into some cons later but yeah i would definitely recommend it overall i think
0: i would too it's a little slow in the middle for me but the beginning and the end are so good the end is so good that i think it's worth it and like i really like this movie a lot it's really good it is yeah so yay i guess we can get started
1: yeah, so we actually... Spoiler alert! Yes, yeah, so we are officially in spoiler territory. Please jump ahead or go watch the movie before you listen any further. Um, we do open on a shot of a dirty pool. The water looks mm-hmm. stagnant as a choir of children sing over the opening credits. And the only time we hear... Oh, it's so uh, creepy. Yeah, the only time we hear any music in this entire movie is the opening credits and at the very, very end of the movie. So there's yes. no other music for out. Um, Everything is a else quote. is
0: diegetic, which is great
1: yes yes and there is a quote at the beginning of the movie it says a painting is always quite moral when it's tragic and it presents the heart of the things it depicts and um i cannot pronounce this person's last name but barbe de avalili so it's but that's the, i didn't write it down so i'm sorry yeah no it's okay but that's that's what it opens with so we're in a small town in france and De La Salle uh-huh. uh boarding school is where a yep. lot of this movie takes place um a delivery man brings some rotten salad while other man rings a bell for the students' boys to wake up. And so we see two male collies comment on a female collie uh, being up so early. And they make a comment about screams coming out of her room at 4 a.m. So yes. they're kind of uh, a little bitchy. like. <laughs> yeah, like, and the
0: the character in question is Nicole Horner, who's mm-hmm. played by Simone Sinore, I think, uh, who is a French actress who made the switch to American films, and she actually won the Academy Award um, for Room at the Top. And she also starred in The Crucible in 1957, Ship of Fools, The Deadly Affair, and Madame Rosa. She had a very long career. Um, Did a lot of French film, but she did win an Academy Award, which I thought was cool. Which, honestly, I think that movie might take place in England, so it might just be an English-language cinema. Um, But... I love how they uh, they dress her up in, like, a pencil skirt. Like, she looks like Rizzo from Grease. Let's just okay, say it that yeah. way. Only blonde. Um, she's very no-nonsense. She's very strict with the children. Like, she claps, and they all line out in rhythm, and it's very, like, oh, okay. She's definitely a disciplinarian, um, and she's very no-nonsense. She's very curt with her colleagues, and she dishes out what they give her. Um, and she also, like, is wearing sunglasses, and they're very fashionable Ray-Ban sunglasses, and um basically she's concealing a black eye given to her by the headmaster and her lover, Michelle. And uh Michelle was played by Paul Morose, uh Maurice, um, who, by the way, did you know he was the former lover of Edith Piaf? Oh, um, I didn't. Yes. Uh, Love awesome. you.
1: Oh. Pioff, very French, yes.
0: uh very famous French singer. Um And, um, she actually encouraged him to be an actor instead of a singer because he started out as a singer and she said, I think you would be better for acting. And that's, I think that's how he met the filmmakers of this. So he actually had a very long French acting career. Um, but he didn't do like any American films, just strictly French, which is why I didn't write any of them down because I didn't want to mispronounce all of them. But he had a very, very long career. Um, Michel is an asshole. Um, he not only beats Nicole, who's his mistress, but he's been cheating on his very sweet wife, Christina, um, who's played by, as we already said, Vera Clouseau, um, who is a Brazilian French actress who was in the Wages of Fear and Le Épion, um, but she also helped write La Verte*. um, and he's been cheating on her for years. Uh, Christina and Nicole have this interesting friendship. Yeah. And Christina, in contrast to Nicole, is, like, she's very youthful looking. She wears, like, this gingham dress, like, very much like Dorothy, but not with, a, not with an apron. Just, like, a gingham dress and, like, like a shawl. And she has her hair in, like, two braids. So she looks very youthful. She's very kind to all of the children. There's this little boy who gives her... He's Latin American. They don't say... He's from someplace, like, either in South America. And he gives her like, a fan from his home country and she's from Venezuela originally, and so she, like, is like, oh, I wish I could, like, go back home. Like, she's sick of France because her husband's an asshole. Um, And, like, she's very nice to the children the children love her, and Nicole's very strict with them, but they have this, like, weird relationship because they have this mutual loathing of Michelle. Um, And, basically, uh, she knows exactly how Nicole got that black eye. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's very interesting, and Michelle is super cruel to both of them, and Nicole brings up the fact that the school has a three-day holiday weekend coming up, and this would be a good time to rid themselves of their issue, Yeah,
1: basically,
0: which is interesting. Yes, Nicole is definitely the instigator.
1: She is, she is, and she has a very, um... The friendship is interesting, and at times it's almost like motherly towards Christina. Mm-hmm. Like, she's always like, you don't want to exasperate your condition, or, you know, be careful, you're fragile, you're delicate. Um, yes. And they kind of treat, so not only does Christina percent as a child, she's very much treated like a child a lot of the time, yes. too. Um, which is which is kind of upsetting to watch. Like you feel really really yes. bad for Christina as a character. She's the most sympathetic yeah.
0: character in this movie, I think. And she's also Definitely. very religious. She's Catholic, and she's always she's she's afraid to do anything too bad to rid herself of Michelle because, like, she doesn't want to go to hell. Also, she is the person who technically owns the school. And yeah. who technically has all the money in the relationship, which is why Michelle hasn't just left her.
1: Yeah, and so they talk about all these things, and that night they are served, and it's it's bad fish. And so this was like an upsetting part. Michelle forces Christina to eat it, uh, despite her protests. And there's a rumor here that he really did force her to eat rotten fish on set, so that the reaction is very genuine. Uh, and it's maybe. really upsetting. So, um, but also,
0: there was a rumor that uh, the actor who plays Michel was, like, in cold water, but actually he wasn't. So I think a lot of people have exaggerated a lot of stuff about uh, Clouseau. I think Clouseau was a, was very much like Hitchcock, where he was very much a taskmaster. And yeah. very much, a, I, I expect hard work, and he was maybe a little bit too much of a perfectionist. But I don't think he was a cruel person. Like, and Alfred Hitchcock has different, people have different experiences working with him. Like, some people absolutely had a terrible time. Like, Tippi Hedren was, like, completely just had PTSD after filming The Birds. Because there were real birds, and she was told they weren't going to be real birds. You know? And then other people, like, worked with him. Like, Grace Kelly worked with him, like, three times, I think? Yeah. So, like, yeah, Dial-In for Murder, To Catch a Thief, and... Uh, rear window, Like, so, you know, I think it's all a little bit different. I feel like it just depends on what he needed from them. Um, but they do do a really cool thing with the sound, where he brings the sound of the children down before uh, Christine actually swallows the fish. And so everything gets really quiet, and Michelle, like, tells her to swallow it, and you hear her swallowing it. And it's just, like, it's just, like, punctuating how, like, awful michelle is to her and also um there there is a a alluded to rape
1: yeah it's an implied sexual assault yes that happens like they off they yeah m drain uh gets all the boys out of the hall when they start to protest about the food and Mm -hmm. then and nicole quietly tells christina she's like i'm leaving at 7 a.m tomorrow and she's like i'll leave you guys to it and that's where, and right before this, too, she's like, she's telling him, she's like, I am I, I wish I would die. And he's like, die, my sweet, and die quickly. And that's the type of things I'm like, oh, my God, he's saying such harsh, mean things to an her. Asshole. And then, like, he's literally, like, it's implied, she, he sexually assaults her right after saying these things.
0: Yeah. So. And they don't do it on scene. No. Like, obviously, this was 1955. But it is pretty menacing because he just kind of backs her behind, like, a wall. So yeah. You can't really see, but like it's it's pretty obvious that if he's not raping her, he's beating her cuz she screams. Yeah, and yeah, so, she says no. And also all these people in the school know what's going on cuz it's a boarding school, they all live there. Yeah. So they all know. And like Michelle's not just cruel to the women, he's cruel to the children, he's cruel to the staff members. He's an all-around asshole.
1: Let's yeah. just face it. Exactly. And so the next morning, Christina does meet with Nicole, who empties a giant wicker basket. Um, mm-hmm. They leave, and um, Michelle wakes up, and he's like, where are the girls? And basically, they're like, yeah, they took the car. Did you not know? He's like, yeah, I knew. I just forgot. And so mm-hmm. the women drive to Nicole's hometown. And Nicole. Yeah, and Neil, which is the director's hometown, too. So, Yeah, yeah which is really, really cool. Um, and she owns an apartment
0: building that her parents owned and so she rents out part of it to teachers and she's never been able to afford a car because she was gonna take the bus but because christina is coming with her they take the school truck so they kind of leave michelle without any transportation which i find hilarious
1: yes it is really really funny and i think it's interesting so they have a discussion because christina keeps getting cold feet about carrying out this revenge plot this murder plot and Mm -hmm. and nicole literally tells her she's like you know michelle says that when you die me and him will will share the school and so she keeps like what you said earlier she keeps trying to instigate her into like yeah we're making Mm -hmm. the right decision by killing him so and they have
0: a plan basically the plan is this um when michelle figures out they're both at nicole's apartment he's gonna call And Christina's going to tell him that she wants a divorce, to lure him to get there. He's going to be angry and he'll show up. And Nicole is going to buy some liquor and drug it with a sedative. And then once he passes out, they're going to drown him in the bathtub, put his body in the wicker trunk, and take him back to the pool in the school. So then when his body floats up to the top, people will just think it was an accident. Which it mostly goes to plan. She uses her, like, annoying tenants. Well, she's calls them annoying. I don't know if they actually are annoying. Um, to, uh, have an alibi when they find the body at the school. Um, it is interesting too, the way things are decorated is very important. Like, Christina's apartment at the school, or Christina and Michelle's apartment at the school, is like, very, like, ornate and stuff. And, like, not updated. The school is not updated. It's very run down. Um, it's not that they don't have money, but it's that Michelle won't spend it for the children. Um, and then you get to Nicole's apartment complex, and it's not crazy run down, but everything's, like, really old-fashioned. And, um, like, her tenants are complaining about how they can, like, hear the water draining out of the bathtub because, like, it's very thin walls. Like, it hasn't been updated either because Nicole hasn't had the funds to do it. So there is like financial information in a lot of his movies because he's very honest with people's like social standings and financial standings, which is important to driving the plot, which I found yeah. cool. Which again, w- watch the commentary from Criterion. It had a lot of really cool cool stuff.
1: Yeah. And that's where they do lure Michelle to the apartment. And he basically calls Christina out on divorcing him. He's like, You're going to divorce me and you're religious. And she's like, Well, I hire a lawyer. And he's like, Well, I'm going to go see him. And she's like, No, I'm lying to you. And so he tries to tell her that the scandal, he, he hits her where it hurts because he's like, You know, the scandal would make the parents take the kids from you. And she loves the kids. And that she cares about yeah. the kids in the school. And so she, when he says that, and he starts to take a drink of what we know is a sedative, she tries to stop him. And it's like, you know, and he, he hits her because she accidentally spills the drink on him. And that's where it's kind of like that moment is what makes her, like, let him drink the drink. And yeah. so as he starts to pass out from the sedatives, Nicole comes in and starts to fill up the bathtub. So. Mm-hmm. And, um... They do drown him. I love the way they shot that. Did you think of? I always think of Judas, and is it Holofernes? Am I pronouncing the name right? The painting where she's holding him down, sawing his head off, like cutting his head oh. off. Yeah, like there's a very famous painting, and it's like a, I think it's a story about a woman named Judith who who um, mm-hmm. kills this like this military uh, general in charge, Holofernes. But there's, it's the scene, so the way it's shot, it's like Nicole is the one that's holding him underwater. She pushes his head down, and she's so powerful looking when she does it. It's like Mm -hmm. very striking and very, it actually kind of like disturbed me watching it. I can't believe I'm saying Uh, that about a film that's 66 years old, so. It is disturbing. And Nicole
0: is like not somebody to reckon reckon with. Yeah, you are right. There is a, there's a couple different ones. Mm Mm-hmm. About a woman named Judith. And it is very similar. Um Let's see. Judith Slang, Hello for Me's. Hello for me. Judith
1: Caravaggio did one. And Klimt also did one as well. Yes. That's what it reminded me of as soon as I saw yeah. that. Where she pushes his head down.
0: And it, the way they film it is very similar to the bathroom scene in Psycho. Like, full light. Nothing's, like, hidden. Nothing's shadowy. It's just full light, and, like, everything's very clear what's happening. I did think it was weird that they drowned him in his clothes. hmm But I guess because they're going to just dump him in the pool. I guess that's why. But I was like, wouldn't you, like, remove his clothes? Because then you could put his clothes back on him later. But wouldn't that complicate things? But anyways, that was the only thing I was just like, I feel like it's weird to drown someone in their clothing.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't know. That is interesting. Maybe they thought, like, I don't, it doesn't, like, I guess he drinks. It's not like he's really, like, an alcoholic or a lush, per se, but, like, maybe they're yeah. like, well, we can make it look like he was drinking and accidentally fell into the pool yeah. or something like that. Which, I
0: mean, I guess, like, I was just like, it's heavier to travel.
1: Yeah, that's true, too. A,
0: it's also soaking wet with water. So, to me, like, a body dries off faster than clothing, so I was like... Oh, they're going to have to lug that wet thing, like, with them. Like, wouldn't you take his clothes off and put him back on? And then, like, just put him on before he goes in the pool. But, yeah, that you know. It's also 1955. They probably couldn't have a naked man. All true. On screen. So, you know. This is like when you watch too much true crime. You're like, I would do this. And you're like, but you wouldn't because you wouldn't actually murder someone. Yes. Um, <laughs> but it, it's interesting. So they go back to the school and they at, in the middle of the night are trying to like throw the body in the pool but like there's a specific person who gets up in the middle of the night every night and there's like a light that comes on so it's, it's tense they're like oh no they're gonna see us and the body won't sink yeah so or it sinks it won't float
1: yeah it, and it sinks Just
0: like sorry it sinks it doesn't float and they're like oh shit no one's ever gonna discover it so like they go, like, a couple days, and, like, they're getting nervous and nervous. And, um, finally, they drain the pool.
1: Yeah. And, just and not
0: there. And I love that scene.
1: There. I love that scene because it's, like, Christina keeps waiting. It's, like, basically, Nicole's, like, pretty calm and chill about, but Christina's the one that's, like... She feels like this overwhelming sense of guilt. So she wants the pool to mm-hmm. be drained. And she's like literally seeking punishment for what she's done because of her guilt. Mm-hmm. And so when she goes to the edge of that pool and she sees there's Catholic nothing in there, guilt. she just faints. Like, And yep. I love that scene. That's um, great. Catholic, mm-hmm. Catholic guilt will get you. Mm-hmm. Which
0: I assume she's Catholic because of the iconography she has. I don't remember if she actually does a sign of... I think she did did do a sign of the cross.
1: I feel like I saw her do that, too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: France is a very Catholic country, too. So... And so is Venezuela, to my knowledge. So... Well, I don't know about now.
1: But I think back then it was. I think it's really interesting, too, because after Christina's fainting spell at the pool... Nicole is talking to a doctor, and even, to the teachers are like, she's giving out all the orders now. So, Nicole kind of puts yeah. herself in charge of everything. Um, mm-hmm. And they tell Nicole, they're like, hey, she cannot get excited anymore. Like, this is, this is very, yeah. very bad for her. Um, and Christina gets upset with Nicole. She's like, I was crazy for listening to you and for doing what you told me to do. And then Knock on the Door reveals... That Michelle's Prince of Wales suit is returned fresh from the dry cleaners. So the suit that he was wearing is now back from the dry cleaners,
0: and they're like, "What the fuck?" Yep. Oh no! And then also, they Nicole reads that um, his body a, a body's been found, mm-hmm. and Christina goes down to uh, identify the remains, and it's not him. So yeah, she's even more terrified. And then there's this man that's kind of in the background of the scene, and then she's, like, freaking out. She's going to take a cab, and this guy comes up. He's like, policia, and he has a policeman. She's like, ah, fuck. Yeah. And, like, he's like, are you okay, ma'am? I know it's quite a shock. And uh, it's a detective named Alfred Finchette, um, played by Charles Vannel, who was a French actor who, much like Nicole's actress, um, did actually... Cross over into American and English language cinema, Um, but he was in a lot of Clouseau's movies, including The Wages of Fear and La Verite. But he also was in Hitchcock's To Catch a Thief, which is very interesting.
1: And he appeared in over two hundred films in a seventy-six year film career. So he was doing movies for over seven decades. That's insane. Yeah. So
0: apparently, he was just like a really good actor who like would fit into like any role um which is super cool. But so he begins to like take interest in Michelle's disappearance. And like at this point, y- you really like Christina and you're yeah. worried about her and you don't want her to get caught. Michelle's an asshole and whatever's happening, you'd rather her not be caught. Um Nicole Nicole's kind of an asshole too. Um what it starts to happen so there's the site there's the The dry cleaner incident. And then there's also a key left with the dry cleaner. And there's like an apartment that Michelle apparently has been keeping. But it's like basically empty. Mm -hmm. Which is creepy. But then one of the kids is like raking leaves. And they're like, why are you raking leaves? He's like, the principal told me to do it because I broke a window with my slingshot and it was taken away. And they're like, what do you mean? The principal's not here. And he's like, no, he told me. And, like, uh, Nicole slaps the kid because she's, like, that's for lying. But, like, Christina, like, very gently but firmly is, like, please tell me the truth. And he's, like, no, he told me to rake the leaves. So, now they're, like, okay, what the fuck is going on?
1: Yeah. Um... And then it's, after it, it gets creepier, yeah. yeah. Even even after poor little Monet, it's like because they punish him, mm-hmm. they like slap him, and then they put him in the corner for like six hours. Um, I know, poor baby. I know, poor Monet. He's just like poor kid. Um, is he the he, same? I don't think he's the same kid that gave her the fan. No, no, he's not. I don't he's think not. He is. Yeah, it's a different little remember. boy.
0: I tried to look up the the cast, and it wasn't the names weren't listed of the children on Wikipedia. Yeah. So I was I like, I think they only say a couple know, of that names. kid. Yeah, yeah, that kid. But they uh, keep the kids around the whole time, which is interesting. It, like, it's really good, like, world
1: building. Oh, yeah. And the next day, um, a school picture's taken, and it seems as if, like, <laughs> Michelle's disembodied face is in the background uh, the yeah. of the window of the picture. So now they're even more freaked out because they're like, what the mm-hmm. fuck is going on? Um, and yeah. so that night, Christina does tell Nicole, because Christina is just losing it, and she... Mm-hmm is does not feel good is not looking good she's like i don't want to see you again and nicole seems genuinely hurt by christina saying that but she's like you know i do hope you succeed so it's like i think it's christina wants to separate from nicole because at this point i think full-heartedly christina is expecting to confess and that's what she essentially does in the next scene Mm -hmm. so
0: and she confesses but he kind of doesn't believe
1: her yeah
0: but that night, he decides to check out the pool anyways. So, Nicole's leaving the school because she's like, you're going to rat me out. I'm leaving. Christina is told to stay on bed rest or else she's going to fucking die. So, like literally. So she's like sleeping in her bed and the detective is like searching on the ground. So he's about. And this kind of follows my favorite sequence. I think it's probably everyone's favorite sequence. Um, I love the lighting completely changes. He uses this low-lighting technique where it's much more naturalistic and shadowy because it's at night, and it sets a completely different tone, and I just love it.
1: Also, do you think it's very interesting, this final sequence, too? Christina is very, like, sensual and sexual. She's wearing, like, a seafood nightgown. Like, Yeah,
0: you can totally see her nipple.
1: Yeah, like, yes, exactly. I you was can... like... Is that a nipple? I was like,
0: I I wasn't really like aware of it until like the second I watched. I was like, okay. I was like, mm-hmm. I didn't know they could show that in the fifties, but okay.
1: Yeah, like you see her, like you can see her breast through her nightgown, and it, it just kind of like almost paints her in a different light. It feels like she's just almost a different person in a lot of ways in these last sequences of the film.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty Ooh. scary for it's, for it's being sixty six years old.
0: Yeah, well, at first she's, like, having a nightmare, and the detective kind of peers in on her, I think? Yeah, he's, like, sitting in the chair. He's sitting
1: in the chair in her room, which is kind of creepy. Yeah,
0: it's a little creepy. But she's, like, having a nightmare, and she hears something, and she gets up, and she walks down this long, dark hallway, and the only light is coming from her bedroom and the office. Michelle's office. And she hears someone typing at the typewriter. And, like, and, and, like, she slowly goes towards it. She finally goes in, and there's nobody there, but there's a freshly typed paper in the typewriter. And she's like, what the fuck? And she screams and runs back into her room, through her bedroom to the bathroom where she gets, she's trying to get water from the sink. Only she turns around and. Guess who's in the bathtub? Yeah. We oh see my god. Michelle in the bathtub. And he just oh, slowly... You're, you're sounding out. You're sounding oh. out for a second.
1: Yeah, so Michelle is in her bathtub. And we see his corpse just slowly rise from the bathtub. Mm. And Christina is fucking literally scared to death yes. from this. Which... It could be silly, but it's
0: actually very terrifying, because she just screams, and she just starts, like, she has a heart attack. Yeah. She dies, and, like, oh, it's awful. It's so sad, because you like Christina. You're like, no, not Christina. And, like, he, like, once she dies, I think the only funny part is, like, when she dies, dies, she kind of collapses really quickly. Yeah. (laughs) It was a little bit, like, I could have choreographed that a little better, but, you know, whatever. Um, and Michelle gets out of the bathtub and then he just takes out these like contacts that made it look like his eyes were rolled in the back of his head. And you're like, oh, yeah, and you're like, OK, so he was just trying to. Get... OK, the first time I knew about this twist, I thought he just wants to get revenge on her. But no, because guess who comes through the door is fucking Nicole, which yes. makes the whole movie the second time you watch it completely different. Because you figure out all of the dynamics are completely different. Like, the narration that this director gives you is, like, just through Christina's perspective. So then when you find this out, you're like, oh my god. Yeah. Um, And apparently they've been planning this the whole time. Um, They're going to sell the school and be super, super rich. And I love it because the Michelle is like, I wonder how much we'll get and then this the detective comes to through like fifteen to twenty years depending on the judge and yeah you're like, ah, at least she got caught.
1: Yeah. Um but it's sad because Christine is dead. That sucks. Yeah. And it's like he's so fucking cold again because it's like when he takes those contacts out, he just walks over and very coldly checks her pulse just to make sure she's yeah, dead. He might as well have
0: just like kicked her like yeah. while she was down. He just was like she's mm, she dead mm
1: yes. And so, it's like, literally, probably the next day, we see little Monet again. He has this little slingshot. He knocks out another window. They're closing the school. They're closing the school.
0: Because it's a... Yeah, the scandal has closed the school.
1: Yeah. Also,
0: everyone... All the owners are dead or in jail,
1: so... Yeah, exactly. And so, Mm -hmm. but he he breaks out another window, and uh, Drain gets on him, and he's like... You know, he says that mistress that Christina handed him back his slingshot and he's like <laughs> No she did it. You know you know she was carried out today, her body was carried out and he sends him in the corner, he's like, I saw her, I saw her. And so the movie we hear the theme again and the movie ends, but there's a message that asks the audience to please not tell their friends the ending. It's like don't be devils. Mm-hmm. Don't tell your friends the ending. Don't tell your friends.
0: So and and with that the first twist ending ever was on film.
1: I know. Which, by the way, this was
0: the first twist ending.
1: Can we talk about? I it. Can we talk about like the end, the little ending with Monet though? Because like a lot of people are I love like, it. I liked it too. Because a lot of people are like, oh, well he's lying because they mentioned that he's a habitual liar, and then other people are like, you know, maybe Christina's alive. But I can't help but wonder if Christina. I don't know if you fought this. This is what I fought because Christina is a religious person and because she had regretted so bad i always wonder if she was in a state of purgatory in the place that she loved which was yeah. the school that's why i always thought. i took
0: it as the fact that he wasn't lying about the principal yeah because he was still alive so yeah. i don't think he's lying about that
1: you think you that know, she's I think alive set
0: up in a payoff i yeah. think she's either alive or a ghost i think she's a ghost I feel like they would have shown it to us if she was still alive. But I, I'd rather them keep it open-ended. Yeah. You know? I... Now, since the detective was there, like, it's possible that, you know, she did fake her own death. But the fact that he checked her pulse kind of makes you think that she did actually die. Yeah. Um, unless he had, like... I mean, because this was 1955. They didn't have a whole lot of help for cardiac arrest. Um. But... Sorry. Gizmo's asleep and it's adorable. I got distracted. Um... My sleeping baby. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: but yeah, I love the twist ending. Um, I knew about the husband's body. I didn't know the whole plot, though, so I didn't really know what the setup was because Bravo's 100 Scariest Movie Moments ruins mm-hmm. it for you, just like don't yep. look now. But I yep. didn't know Nicole was involved at all. I didn't um, either. I will say, yeah, I will say the, the similarities with Psycho is like bathroom death, um, a heroine that you like, dies. That you feel sympathy for dies. And then also um you've got them like clutching a like a shower curtain as they die oh, yeah. slowly on the floor. Like there's so many influences of like of this movie in Psycho um visually and story wise and I thought that was really cool. Um also like I feel like uh, Nicole kind of dresses very similarly to Mary in Crane even like they have a very similar look. Um but I just really like that. I will say, do we want to talk about how it's
1: different than the book? Yeah, I think I think we can totally do it. So guys, uh spoilers yeah. for the book, uh too, just in case you ever decide to read the book, uh please mm-hmm. skip ahead a couple of because we don't want to spoil the book for you. So spoilers for the yeah. book ending. But it's very
0: similar, except Yeah. The victim is the husband, not the wife. And They drive him not... They don't poison or drown someone. They drive him to suicide. So the the wife fakes her death. And then the mistress helps drive the husband to guilt and shame. And then he kills himself. Yeah. And then you find out that the two women had their own romantic relationship the whole time. Yeah. And that they... And they get away with it. They do. And, um, I... So... I I got really into this um, because, you know, if you have uh, Criterion, they have all these, like, little, like, featurettes with a lot of their movies. And this is a very well-known classic film. So, like, of course, there was a ton for this one. And they have this featurette called uh, Queer Sighted, which is, like, a series they do about movies with queer themes in it. And um, they had a specific one called Queer Fear, where they were like listing a bunch of like queer movies and like queer horror movies, especially from this time period, and I knew that there were limitations to what you could show um, in cinema at this time. I knew that that is one of the reasons why you don't see overtly queer. Or, like, super violent or super sexual things in films during this time period because they have, like, a standards, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but it was actually called the Hayes Code. The Hayes Code is what everyone calls it, but I think the official name was the Hollywood Production Code. And it was from 1938 to 1968, so this is smack dab in the middle. And so basically there are two reasons why they changed the plot so much. One reason was they couldn't have two lesbians – be the protagonist now there's some subtext that they might have a more intimate relationship because of how close they are it certainly seems more than friendship but also uh clouseau wanted vera to have a bigger part so he's that's why he had a female be the intended victim so she didn't have to fake her death
1: you know what Um, else is interesting there's Mm -hmm. there's a line and i don't know if you caught it you probably did uh so when she's putting michelle and to bed after sedative he said is this your bed or her bed and she says ours and he chuckles
0: oh i yeah. didn't that one so mm-hmm. ooh, ooh, ooh wee wee yeah. um but i did think that was interesting because like i knew that there were that you couldn't show stuff but i didn't know like the specifics of it so but uh watch that feature out on Criterion queer sighted because they have a whole series but I liked the this, the episode of this one because it's called Queer Fear. They had Stranger by the Lake. Yes. Which I was like, oh, I know about that one. We already did it. But I got a whole list of queer-themed horror movies now um, from Criterion. Some are new. A lot of them are really old, though. Like, that I knew about these movies, but I didn't know that there was subtext. And, like, some of them are made by, like, queer directors who were out. But, like, they couldn't put queer stuff in their movies because, like, they wouldn't get you know, shown. And that's the whole thing with this is, like, I guess technically he could have made this movie, like, the book. But then, like, he wouldn't have gotten it shown in America or anything. And this movie did actually become popular in America. Yeah. Like, it moved out of art houses and went to the main cinemas, which was very rare at this time. It's still very rare. Like, what was the last one that really went to main cinemas and stayed in main cinemas? I think maybe... uh
1: parasite yeah i want to say or minari because like yeah maybe maybe well minari was an american korean yeah that's right that's right and minari was affected also it went to streaming early so yeah i think major film would definitely be parasite
0: because like even like we went and saw Mm Tatan and lamb in theaters but like they were mostly in art house theaters lamb was only in major theaters for like a weekend yeah. And that one was A24. I thought that one was going to be all over the place, but you know, I I don't know what it is. People just aren't as keen to read subtitles. I don't know. I put subtitles on even when it's in English, so maybe Me I'm too. just weird.
1: Um was there anything else about the book that I missed? No, I th- I think that's it. Like that's the basic difference is that they decide to catch in on his wife's life insurance policy because mm-hmm. his mistress is a doctor and she's the doctor to his wife and she becomes his wife's friend because oh. she's the doctor. And so that's where she's, like, you know, she's very ill, and we should do something and catch in on the life insurance policy. So that's kind of, like, how the book is set up. Did you want to start with your pros for this movie? Sure. Um, I love the
0: ending. It's built up super well. Um, the sequence, the ending sequence is so good. Um, and I love the setup in the beginning, too. Um... I'll say my cons later, but, like, I really love the beginning and the end. I think the setup's really good. I love the camera work. Um, it's very lively. It's almost like a character itself. Um, I like how he changes light depending on the mood. Um, which, like, I think movies did that, but not as much at this point. I think the only one, like, like uh, what was the movie with Deborah Kerr that was – the turning of the screw, and now I can't... Oh, yeah, remember. yeah! Oh, the Innocents. The Innocents. The Innocents, like, did that, yeah. too, where, like, when they're, like, out and about playing in the around the house, like, everything's nice and pretty, but then, like, at night when, like, they're seeing the ghosts, like, it gets really creepy, lighting-wise. I mean, it's also in black and white, so they could only do so much with lighting. Um, I really like that. I love the two main actresses. They're yeah. so good and so different. Um... And I just... It's, it's it's interesting to have two female leads in a 1950s movie. Because oh, yeah. Michelle is an important character, but he disappears for most of the movie. So, you know, it is very interesting. I also loved how once you see the... It, once, you go back and watch certain scenes, and the way he blocks the characters, like, there's this one part in the beginning where all three of them are talking, but you have Nicole and Michelle on the same level, and then they're both, like, like pointing towards uh, Christina, who's all alone. She's, like, they're in a triangular shape, and she's, like, the point of the triangle. And, like, they're both much taller than her, so, like, they they almost, like, treat her like a child. And I like how he shows that visually. Um, and there's a lot of imagery. There's, like, a lot, lot of, like, water imagery. Like, a lot of foreshadowing. Um, and I just like how he you know, steers you towards one direction. You're like, this is the story. This is what's going on. And then at the very last minute, he's like, oh wait, I'm just kidding. It was this. And I just love that it has a twist ending. I mean, I'm so thankful for this movie, you know, cause I'm sure there were other books that had twist endings that were adapted, but I feel like, but this one, like according to Criterion, everyone else is like the first twist ending ever. Yeah. Like on screen, which I find really cool. Um, it's like, it is like, it's kind of sad though. Yeah. I feel like this was the more impactful ending because I don't know if in the 50s people would be happy that a lesbian couple killed a husband for insurance money. I don't know if people would be like, yeah! I don't know, like, I would feel weird about it, too. It depends how shitty the husband is. I think you were saying from your research, he wasn't actually that shitty of a person.
1: Yeah, it was more like he was a... From what I understand, granted, guys, I haven't read the book. But it seemed more like he was a schmuck schmuck that kind of got taken advantage by his more powerful mistress. So, it's what Um, it feels mm. like. Just from the reviews, because I read for a lot of reviews. Um, I was hoping to find more excerpts from the book itself, but I couldn't, so...
0: Uh, now I want to read the book
1: because it must
0: not be that long if you read it in one night
1: yeah well I guess it depends on the reader too because sometimes I can read things pretty quickly and then other times it's like it takes me weeks so
0: yeah it depends how long it is it depends on the style of the writing too yeah but yeah, uh, what was, was there? Any anything you super super loved about it? What are your pros? Yeah,
1: a lot of the things that you already said, which is it's the granddaddy of the twist horror ending, which is now like it's kind of a staple. Most horror films have a twist mm-hmm. ending. In fact, I, I, I every time I a movie a horror movie is at the end of the movie, I always assume there's a twist ending, and when it ends, I'm yeah, like, now. oh really? There's no twist? Like so I'm very <laughs> I'm very surprised when there's not a twist in a scary movie. Um, yeah. But both actresses are wonderful. Simone herself uh, has, is like, she portrays an incredibly bitter woman, but with almost every gesture, there's like a suggestion of irritation. Like her movements are very sharp and focused. Uh, purposeful. And then, yeah, purposeful. And then by contrast, Vera is striking. She's beautiful and doe like, um, and she's yeah, bursting with this hidden sensuality, but they have this, they are captivating in opposite ways. Um, so, I really, really mm-hmm. like that. Um, they're very strong, and I really like that. Um, it's a beautiful movie. The movie is 66 years old, and it still seems vibrant. Like, uh, yeah. a lot of it, a lot of the scenes in the movie just kind of still, like, leap off the screen a little bit. So, I really yes. I really like that. So, um, those are my, my main pros for the movie. So It was
0: very watchable. I will say, if we're going into cons, the middle's kind of slow. Yeah. I found myself zoning out after the murder, and before, before the last scene. Yeah. But, it is also a build-up to, like, you know, that. And I, you know, it's probably my own fault, because I was trying to do something while I was watching it, and that's hard when it's subtitles. So, uh, middle's a little slow, but I don't think it's not, it's not crazy slow. It's just kind of like, it was a different time, build-up was different. It's taking its time to build tension. So I feel like be nice and awake when you start watching this. And you'll probably enjoy it a lot more. Um, And like I said, not the movie's fault. But like I had to watch it. I couldn't watch it on HBO because the sound wasn't syncing. And both times I tried to watch it on different devices and it wasn't. So it was just weird. Um, I, I kind of wish... The book and the remake's ending kind of makes more sense. I wish they could have explored that. I understand why they couldn't have in this time period. It just makes me mad that something like the Hayes Code existed. Because, like, would it really be so bad if there were two lesbians in the movie? Would it be that big of a deal? Like, come on. But um, I like that they kept the subtext, too. Like, it's there. It's just not overt. And... Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I kind of, yeah. I do, I love the ending, though. I just feel like it would have made more sense that the women were in it together than the man. But, and I felt like it was kind of a cop-out ending, be like, the straight couple killed the wife. Like, yeah, that happens all the time. Yeah. So, again, I watch too much true crime. It's a little predictable once you figure it out. But, like, the first time you see it, it's like, oh, my God, shit. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, not not too many cons, though. Not too many.
1: Yeah. For me, um, it was aspects of the story. Um, they may be possible, but they seem almost impossible. Like, the fact that Michelle would be able to lay in that tub all night and yeah. not move. Uh, and then lay in that whisker basket for hours without any movement at all. And wet clothes. Yeah. Like, I imagine well, that, yeah.
0: What someone, what the lady was pointing out when I watched the, um... The commentary was like, you know, this is the point when she walks out of her bedroom and towards the typewriter sound. That's when he slips in.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's Nicole's the one that's probably typing. He's the one that slips in the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes more sense? I was like, oh, that no. makes sense in the second half of the movie, but in the first half, where they, she's like, it's done, and she turns off the lights to the bathroom, and the two women go to bed with the corpse in the tub, supposedly the whole night. Yeah, like
0: that's He just seems... comment at the end. He's like, oh, it was so awful. Okay, like when they're like when they're like in their Marymont merriment of like celebration he's like and she was like i was scared four times I was like you just murdered someone her corpse is on the floor shut the fuck up nicole
1: i know right Sorry. i was about Sorry. to say why did why did alfred like literally so it seems like alfred's like piecing together all this shit but it's like and then he just comes literally like a minute after christina dies so i'm like why a minute after christina dies do you suppose yeah like everything that and was it made annoying. me feel bad for christina and the ending seemed abrupt. Like, it, it not not the ending with Monet, the little boy, but the actual discovering of, like, it's Nicole. Bam, it's Nicole. She's in on it, too. Oh, and this Alfred. You're gonna get 15 to 20, depending on the judge. Like, it just seemed, like, so rapid. After yeah, it would have sequence. been, I mean,
0: maybe because they'd gone over schedule for such a long time. Maybe maybe. Yeah. And that was, remember, Nicole's the actress that she was like, I had an eight-week contract. We're on week 16, bitch. Let's get going. Um, But maybe also, like, it would have been kind of cool if, like, they were packing up or something. And then he came by. But, I don't know. They placed him in the building. So, I guess it makes sense. But, yeah, it was a little bit like, oh, oh, okay. Um, But... All in all, I think it's a really good movie. Um, did you have a rating for it?
1: I did. Um so I gave it a eight out of ten. Um, I would agree with you that it's it's kind of it's an hour and fifty seven minutes. I don't really think it had to be an hour and fifty seven minutes in my opinion, but I feel like the class yeah. like the film is a classic movie. I think it's definitely worth a watch, if nothing else for the ending sequence alone. Um I think mm-hmm. it's definitely a movie that deserves to be watched at least once. Which is why
0: I gave yes. it an 8. So I agree. I, I actually gave it like a 7 out of 10. Not in like a bad way just because I kind of zoned out in the middle. I was like, it didn't really keep my attention like yeah. an 8 out of 10 would. But it's very unique and groundbreaking and I love the ending and I love the beginning. It's just the middle is kind of slow so I couldn't quite give it an 8. But I think it's really good and I think everyone should see it um like, like you said at least the ending yeah see that but i mean it it means more when you've seen all exactly
1: of it exactly watch it once watch it once and yeah. that way you can enjoy the ending of the movie um did you have a grindhouse girls rating i did i rated it a w for water water everywhere and women who've been scorned oh i like
0: that one thank you i had rated d for diabolical drownings Dry Cleaners, and Deceptive Detectives. But I like yours better.
1: Yeah, I like I like them both. I like them both. But uh, you, you can I like, pick. I like Rated W. Awesome. I like Rated W. Okay, so
0: I guess that's that's all we have to say about Diabolique. Yes. Sorry for being pretentious for another week and trying to pronounce things in French. Sorry. <laughs> um, but next, next week will be actually two weeks from now yes um the first week of december because we are taking the week of thanksgiving off we may throw something up but don't don't maybe look out for something but it won't be like a full episode it might be we have some stuff we had to cut from other episodes that might fit for thanksgiving week if you guys just want to listen to us talk um but it just depends if i have time to do it if, yeah. if i do awesome if not we'll see you in a couple weeks but We will give you a good movie to watch in the meanwhile. It's my turn to pick. And um, we were thinking about uh, winter-themed movies because it is December. And um, there's a lot of really good picks out there. But unfortunately, some of the ones I wanted to pick are not streaming right now, and that's okay. Uh, Absence of streaming is the mother of invention, right? Right.
1: That's very (laughs) correct.
0: But luckily, one of my personal favorite cold themed horror movies and really honestly the movie that got me into Stephen King movies Misery is streaming on HBO Max and Cinemax so we're gonna be watching Misery uh Kathy Bates Oscar winning performance we've got James Caan and I don't know if he was nominated but he's really good in this movie and we even have Lauren Bacall um that makes like a cameo part um but there's also uh what is the older gentleman who plays the mayor and his wife. Like, they're, like, the cutest couple ever. Richard Farnsworth and Francis Sternagan, um, who are just awesome. Like, it's a great small cast. Um, if you've never seen Misery, where have you been? Exactly. Um, basically it's every writer's nightmare, um, come true, and it's directed by Rob Reiner, which is strange, because Rob Reiner is known for a lot of, like, rom-coms, But he also did Misery. And Misery is genuinely terrifying. Um, But basically a famous writer gets into a car accident on his way home. And he is rescued by his number one fan. And uh, things descend from there when it becomes increasingly obvious that his number one fan does not want to let him go. And um, it's just great. Kathy Bates literally won an Oscar for this. And it's one of the very few horror movies... That has an oscar-winning performance i think this and the exorcist are probably the two most famous ones both females winning those oscars by the way um ellen Birdston won for the exorcist i do believe best supporting actress for the exorcist um and it i had i actually own a first edition of the book it was a gift and uh, i love it it's it, the book's a little more rambling the book's actually way worse than the movie um it gets way darker, but the movie's pretty fucking dark. Um yeah, but it's great and I can't wait to talk about it in a couple weeks and I'll, you know, make yourself some hot cocoa, snuggle up with your puppy or yes, your pig. Puppy. And um your misery and um make sure that you watch this movie on HBO Max or on Cinemax, all the Maxes um before the first week of December and we'll talk about that. Um, and we hope you guys have a really happy Thanksgiving. Um, take some time off. Uh, don't go too hard on Black Friday. I just rewatched the South Park three part Game of Thrones Black Friday special. Y'all don't do that to people. Um, be good. Shop online if you can. Um, and um be safe out there, be kind to one another, get your shots, take your vitamins, wash your hands um be kind to one another uh make sure you uh take a walk after your thanksgiving dinner i know i will try to make myself because this is the time of year where like i do so well with healthy eating and then all i want to do is just eat thanksgiving food oh and christmas food oh it's, it's a it's a it's a it's a slippery slope but you should eat it you should indulge a little bit enjoy yourself just make sure you live a balanced life and you know uh be safe be kind um yeah and uh hearts are out to everyone going through a lot of stuff i know the stuff going on in houston sucks and it's awful and i hope everyone involved is doing okay i know they're not but praying for anyone involved in the houston stuff and i hope everyone's just doing okay uh we love you guys and thank you for listening we're over 3000 downloads Yay! you guys rock hey I- I blinked and it was there. Yay. So I guess we both blinked. I don't know. I forgot to tell Britt what had happened. I took a, I took a screenshot of it though. Yay. I didn't catch actual 3000. We were already over it by the time I checked it. But uh, really cool. Thank you guys for that. Thank you for all the likes and all the shares. We love you guys. I'm rambling now, but um, just very appreciative. We hope you guys have a really safe and happy holiday season and we will see you in December. So don't worry. We will be back.
1: Yes, yes. Um first off I hope you guys have a happy Thanksgiving on the list of things we're thankful for. We're definitely thankful for you. Thank you for listening always. Um or even if you're new, thank you for listening. Um welcome, welcome to the groundhouse Girls Today. Podcast. Yes, welcome, welcome as I rip a rubber band in half. Um but <laughs> uh we hope you guys are safe um we know a lot of you will be traveling this holiday season a lot of you probably different cities or different states please be safe stay aware of your surroundings um fill up your cat gas tank the day before um guys check check your tires make sure tire pressure is okay get that oil change don't put it off please don't put it off um you know we want you guys hey, to i even got safe. mine before i went this weekend i finally yes. got my oil change yes yes luckily my car reminds me when it needs one so which is really nice oh mine
0: does too i just um kept forgetting it's fine it's fine now yeah it's they fine said now. it wasn't that bad and i was like sir i admit my guilt has
1: been too long i'm so sorry and he was like okay yeah it was funny no it, it, happens. Yeah. it happens it happens it happens to the best of us but I'm, I'm letting you guys know before don't wait last minute um but we guys right. we hope you guys have a very happy one we go guys hope you have a safe one thank you again for um for letting us be a small part of your day um i hope you're staying safe and warm and dry and yes. that you're bundling up and you're taking care of yourself you know do something for yourself today and every day Um, We love you guys. Thanks again for all the comments, likes, shares. uh, Sliding into the DMs. Hi, there's a few of you there. You know who you are. (laughs) Um, So thanks again, guys. Um, We love you so very much. Respectfully sliding into the DMs. We're very, very respectfully sliding into the DMs. We still appreciate it, though. Um, And as always, we just so look forward to seeing you um, next time. Same spooky time, same spooky channel
0: stay spoopy spoopy, y'all bye everybody thank you gizmo just woke up to say bye bye thank you bye Bye. Bye, we love you guys bye Bye, britt bye all the puppies see ya the grindhouse girls podcast is a production by katie dale and Brittany ray edited by katie dale all music used is royalty free and will be in our annotations if you have any questions comments suggestions please contact us at contact us at grindhousegirlspod.com or visit our website at grindhousegirlspod.com thanks for listening we'll see you soon